Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first FridayNightOhio.com podcast of 2022. It feels really odd to say that. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, and today we're joined by a very special guest, someone making his very first appearance here on the podcast. It is uh, a man I've gotten to know a little bit over the a couple months here that he's joined us, Peter Holland Jr. Peter, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm a little worn down because I just came from an event, but um, yeah, glad, glad to be part of the show. I'm, I'm excited for this coming season and be part of the high school coverage around here. Absolutely. You're going to be hearing a lot of Peter over the, the coming months. Just a great addition to the staff. Couldn't be happier to have him with me here today. And it's that time of the year. We're talking football. And today we're just going to start by looking at some of the best players in the area at some of the skill positions. And when you start to talk about that, everyone's mind immediately goes to quarterback Peter. I know you've been studying some of the the best at that position in the area here over the summer. Uh, who are some of the names that are kind of standing out to you so far? Um, there's a there's a few guys. Uh, we could probably just start with uh, the quarterbacks that I've been um, covering exclusively. Though I, I think what's great about with Star County that this year you got pretty much the big three quarterbacks um they that has potential to be D one prospects. We can start with um the senior Drew DeShields who really had a had a had a really tremendous year um putting up over what five thousand yards offense alone um as a dual threat quarterback. It's just ridiculous it is crazy. He also received like a couple offers from date from um a couple D one offers from the FCS schools and he also visited Penn State. So I'm happy, I'm looking forward to see how he's gonna do in the senior year. And then you got some under underclassmen that are just getting started. Like um Brandon Zerbro from Alliance. I was just at the Lions practice and that guy has has all the potential in the world to be one of the top top quarterbacks not only in the county but across the northeast ohio area um so he might be the guy that can get the lines back into the playoff run for the next couple of years and um the num- number one guy um he's probably the youngest of the three is Jalen slaughter from Maslin. um a solid pure athlete guy who had to step in at quarterback midway through the season after um their senior quarterback went down and he just pretty much just took off after that, you know, and now he's going to be the starter um, going into sophomore year. There might be – they try to make sure that there's not much pressure for the guy, but you can just tell that the way that he's handling himself um, as quick as possible. It's, it's just great to see that there's the future right for Maslin and um, the group that they have. And it's not that hard – and it won't be too hard for him because he's got – bunch of prospects around him. Ardell Banks at wide receiver, Wiltrell Hardison in the backfield, Fred Limp, Freddie Lennox too. So I just gave you three best players right there in Maslin. So so there's just there's a lot of all around that, but I think it starts with those top three quarterbacks. Absolutely. You mentioned some great names there. The Maslin Tigers, as you mentioned, loaded pretty much everywhere, not just a quarterback. They have just some tremendous players all over the field there. Um, and then when you talk about some of the guys I look at in the Eastern Buckeye Conference on a weekly basis, Drew DeShields posts video game numbers. 
Um, mm. Having seen him, he, he pretty much does it all. He can run, he can throw. There's uh, not too, there's not many holes in his game. He has a really good arm, um, really kind of fearless too. He's willing to step up into the into the pocket and take a hit to complete the pass. He's no slouch on defense too because he got six interceptions last year uh, too. So. Yeah. Well, he doesn't well, come off the field, and you. Know, I think probably the thing I, I probably have not seen him is on special teams. Maybe he yeah. can kick. <laughs> Maybe he can add that to his repertoire this year. <laughs> and then you mentioned Brendan Zerberg at Alliance. Of course, the one thing everyone mentions is he's six foot three, and but there's other things to him. He's so much more than just size. He was a really good runner for the track and field team this past spring, had a great spring at that sport. And also his decision-making, he did not throw many interceptions as a first-time starting quarterback as a sophomore last year. And that, on a weekly basis, is what kind of stood out to me with a really young team and some pieces in flux last year, he displayed some really positive traits beyond just being really tall and uh, being a great athlete. So Alliance is a team with all the young players they have at other positions too, could be poised to take a step forward this year. Yeah. Um, Alliance. I mean, it's, it still kind of mind bottles me. I'm still new here. So I'm still still adjusting into it and I'm actually doing a feature about um a couple of the guys and um and um at Alliance. But yeah, it did kind of bothers me with the amount of assets that they have that they had two losing seasons. I mean they're coming off a three and seven year and they feel like and some of the players just feel like they're underestimated because they didn't really solve their their potential. That makes especially with Tim Goodman was in his first year. So that's probably going to change now. We'll see how they do this year because everyone is back. You know, Zerbrug is one of them. I even mentioned Caden Davis uh, in the backfield. It was a Youngstown State commit. Um, they got athletes all around on both ends of the on both ends on the field, and they got talent. So they so they probably might make some noise and and get back into that playoff that on uh, the playoff hunt. And then uh, just the Maslin Tigers, as we mentioned a little bit, boy, that team sure looks like it on paper is poised for a deep playoff run if they're able to stay healthy. Yeah, that was pretty much the problem all of last year is that it started with their best guy, Will, um, Will Trail Hartson, when he went down. That was a major adjustment. Um, but also saw the emerge of Freddie Lennox who took over and um so they got it just was the next man up mentality and then just sink or swim for them guys but yet they still made a made a decent run before losing the green at the um final at the final second. But I think Maslin right now is definitely going to be contenders now that they have everyone back healthy um with Shane Slaughter young but experienced um, Will Trail, um, Ardell Banks, uh, in the, on defense, uh, they also got Michael Moore, who, um, who's an Akron commit, um, who's gonna be the, gonna be physical, no, Marcus Moore, I'm sorry, Marcus Moore, who's gonna be physical up front. So, this is definitely, I don't see why Maslin can make a deep run in the playoff as well with Nate Moore. And also that I, I learned, that um, Nate Moore is nine wins away of what 
of um, breaking Paul Brown's winning record or something like that. So that could be uh, something to keep track or keep our eye on throughout Mass of the season. Well, he certainly piled up the wins during his tenure with the Tigers. There's uh, no question about that. And then just, uh, Peter, looking at some of the other quarterbacks in the area, um, one I kind of would like to keep an eye on who I saw flashes of, of promise at. Uh, Maslin's biggest rival, McKinley. Keaton Rhodey's a guy I'm interested in seeing now that he is the sole, pretty much the sole quarterback. He split time with Amari and Williams last year. Um, they alternated pretty much every other drive or every couple drives. I saw them quite a bit, but I was really impressed with his arm strength and, and some of the traits he displayed. So now that uh, they're going to get an extended look at him and, and he gets into a little bit of a rhythm, I think that's a guy that could take a step forward this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, another name to toss around in Canton South, um, Poochie Snyder. Um, that guy probably might have the strongest, have probably the best arm strength out of the quarterbacks that we mentioned. And he's such a little guy. He's like, what, six foot, 160 pounds. He was listed. He's about to become a junior. So hopefully he, he develops a growth spurt or something or whatever. But as, but he looks the part on the field, man. He just has a rocket of an arm. Um, very versatile. He can run. He can make something out of nothing and he can improvise whenever. There is no play there. He can figure. He can get the get the deep um, defense guessing. So, Pucci Snyder definitely is another guy to look out for as well. And that was a guy I've seen uh, quite a bit over the last couple years. I've covered them uh, a few times, and and him. One of the things that really impresses you are the intangibles. When you talk to him, he has a certain charisma about him that you can see why his teammates follow him. And like you said, you, you look at his physical stature, it does not match up the arm and the speed and some of the things he can do on the field. He's really impressive in the flow of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just, there's a talent, there's a lot of good talent around in Stark County waiting for their guys is waiting for their making a name for themselves. So, and there's a, there's a lot of potential prospects for the next couple of years. Maybe not necessarily a five-star, four-star prospects, but guys that are the just gritty and grimy, just trying to get attention to the the pro, to all the college scouts and say like, "Hey, I might not be the biggest, I might not be the fastest, but you're not going to outwork me." And I think that's probably the best way you can describe pretty much all of the the Stark County, even the Northeast Ohio kids. Yeah, and another name I'll throw out to keep an eye on as far as some of the schools I cover over in the Eastern Buckeye Conference, uh, Bo Himmelheber, he was a sophomore at Marlington last year. The name might sound familiar. He's had two brothers come through the program that I've covered um, over the years, Brock and Blaine. And uh, Bo is... He was making an impact at wide receiver last year, despite the fact Marlington had three returning wide receivers. This year, he may also be taking some snaps at quarterback, so that's not a name you might know at the start of the year. Marlington is a very young team as well. They have a new head coach in Phil Morrow. 
who's uh, no stranger to the area. He was at uh, Carrollton just a couple seasons ago there in the Eastern Buckeye Conference. So he's pretty familiar with uh, how things uh, – he's familiar with the area. But uh, maybe a little bit of a learning experience, but I think that's a guy that uh, may get some numbers before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, Cliff. Um, I'm still – I'm the new guy. I'm the new guy here, and um, I'm just wanting to ask you, um, just from from you covering the the local guys here, who who do you feel what team wise could really sneak in into the playoffs, and who could be really sneaking good, who can probably make like a a good run into a playoff that no one knows about. Oh man, I I think it. You have to look at the Federal League because those teams are always so bunched up. I don't think anyone saw green last year going through into the playoffs and uh, finding a way to beat Maslin there. And I mean, when you're, when you're talking about green, McKinley, Perry's a team that lost a bunch of overtime games last year. And that's a, that's a really good system there they have in place. And, uh, I think Coach Slates is going to do a great job of carrying on the, the legacy there of uh, Coach Keith Wakefield. And that's a team. I think Perry's one you got to kind of keep an eye on. They've lost so many close games that it's uh, it's just – you feel like that's just bad luck, and eventually that's going to go the other way. Lake's a team that – Again, lost a bunch of close games in the Federal League. If they were able to get in, you can't necessarily judge those teams purely on their record just because they're kind of all beaten up on each other from uh, week to week. Uh, in the lower divisions, Canton Central Catholic is another team that always plays up in its schedule despite being a lower division. They'll go up and play Perry as they have in the past and some schools like that. And their record may not be impressive, but when they get into the playoffs, they're playing teams that just they aren't used to that kind of schedule. So they're always good for at least a win or two, maybe more. Coach Linda Smith is uh, just one of the one of the best guys to talk to in the area too. I've always enjoyed chatting with him. So I think, yeah, it could be any number of teams in the federal league to get in. I didn't even mention Hoover, McKinley. Just all of them are always just there's not there's not an easy win I look at in the federal league. Mm-hmm. Like oh boy, this is you know a blowout this week. It's it's tough. Yeah, that is crazy. You you mentioned of um couple couple teams like um Uniontown Lake and. I'm a huge Ty Miller fan. I just like, the, I just probably one of the best athletes um, on, on the, um, the on that in the conference in the county. Um, that guy can fly, man. Um, he's a crisp route runner, very fast um, defense. He's always where the ball is. And if I'm a kicker, I would try to stay away from him because I, I think last season he had like two kickoff return for touchdowns. So I will try to avoid kicking on his side. And then Canton South, um, well, Canton Central Catholic, uh, Jack Talkington, I got a chance to meet with him a little bit. Um, guy who's pretty much going to be the heart and soul of the team. You know, he's the guy who pretty much does it all at quarterback, 
a running quarterback and then being recruited to play linebacker. He had like over what 113 tackles. He pretty much does pretty much does it all. So having the, those kind of leadership or these type of players could definitely definitely will help for some of the players to move the needle a little bit, especially when going against some of those city teams and their conference. Yeah, it is going to be just a really fun year, I think, Peter. It's just going to be a lot of fun, and we look forward to bringing it to you right here on CantonRep.com, Canton <laughs> Ohio podcast. There's your first error of the season. And yeah. uh, I think that's a good way to end this uh, first edition. Uh, we'll be back with you here shortly, probably next week, with another edition of the Friday Night Ohio podcast around the same time. So make sure to listen to that. Again, this has been Cliff Hickman with uh, Peter Holland, Jr. And thank you for listening, and we will see you soon.